At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, everyone, to the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Traina. Thank you so much for listening to the pod today. We have sports media columnist Andrew Marshan from the New York Post, and we go around the horn and discuss a slew of sports media news items, everything from ESPN firing Paul Pierce to the Kirk Herbstreet blasting of Dan Orlovsky on Twitter to whether Ian Eagle or Jim Nance should call the NCAA Tournament Final Four to Jim Nance's new contract and uh, a few other topics. Charles Barkley, uh, NFL doing away, ESPN doing away with the opening Monday doubleheader. So we cover a lot of stuff on this podcast with Andrew Martian. Before we get to it, just a quick reminder. If you missed it last week, you're a WWE fan. We got WrestleMania this weekend. Edge, who's in the main event against Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan, was on the pod last week. Two weeks ago, Scott Van Pelt from ESPN. So check those out if you miss them and subscribe to the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. All right, here we go. Little sports media news potpourri with Andrew Marshan of the New York Post. All right, joining me now, SI Media Podcast regular. Hasn't been on though since January, went and checked. So we got to catch up on a lot of sports media news. Covers all sports media, sports media columnist, reporter for the New York Post, Andrew Marshan. Andrew, how's it going? I'm well. How you doing, Jimmy? I'm well, too, and uh, it's been a good run here for sports and sports media in terms of, like, news and having, you know, it's, it's you know, when you look back a year ago, it's pretty remarkable. We went three, four months without anything, and now it doesn't feel normal still because you have, you know, events with fans not in the stands or a few fans in the stands, but in terms of the calendar, I mean, we're coming off the tournament, we're coming off, you know, we got the Masters coming up, opening day, so feels like some normalcy back with the sports world, at least. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think we're all kind of feeling that in our lives, too, um, as we get these vaccines rolled out and hopefully uh, cases go keep going down and uh, we can get back to, to normalcy and, you know, see ballparks full outside of Texas, um, you know, when it's safe everywhere. 
Um, and so, uh, yeah, I think you're going to see that. And, you know, the world's going to change a little bit. It's not going to go back to how we were. I'm talking about sports media and in general. But, um, but I do think we could get back to a little bit more to what we knew pre-COVID. Yeah. And I mentioned the NCAA tournament. We're taping this Tuesday afternoon. So we're just coming off of the, the final with Baylor and, and Gonzaga. So let's start there just to put a bow on it, because you wrote a column last week um, where you opined that Ian Eagle should be handling the final four and the finals for CBS over Jim Nance. Um, no chance that ever happens, right? Given that Nance know. just resigned a big deal, he's not giving that gig up. Uh, I don't know if there's no chance that ever happens. I, I don't know, you know... Um... I could see that happening at some point. I don't think it's uh, no chance. I mean, he has I mean, history. Would no, say chance, no. It's, no chance it's for been a while. 30 years. No chance yeah, for a been, while. Yeah, it's been 30 years that uh, Jim has been doing it. So um, history would say no, but uh, I could see them. I, I don't think it's out of the question, quite honestly. I mean, he doesn't really do. I mean, you look at his basketball schedule. He does the Big Ten and he does the tournament. He's not, I mean, that was kind of the overall point. He's not ingrained in basketball he, you know it's kind of a drive-by um and i think you kind of can hear it uh in the calls and so you know he's still he's not bad but um but he, but your point is well taken he has been doing it for three decades the bigger issue for me and listen i'm not gonna sit here and say i watched a ton of the tournament that would be a lie but when i do tune in it and it's not a, it's nothing it has nothing to do with grand hill it's just i have this thing with all sports when there's three people in the booth it just seems so close especially in basketball where you have very little time to get in what you have to i mean it's not like baseball where you have a minute in between every pitch basketball three people with you know i've said this with the nba too with bringing van gundy jackson i just it's not about the people it's just about it, it's just way too cluttered well, Raftery is very dominant. I know you're a huge Raftery guy, and I, and I like him a lot. Um, you know, so, uh, but he's very dominant. He's very quick after the call, um, you know, to get in there um, with his points and, and, his, and his sayings. Uh, and so, yeah, I think we saw a different Grand Hill earlier, heard a different Grand Hill earlier when he worked with Ian Eagle, um, which I thought was a big thing. Um, you know, where I hadn't heard Grant Hill sound as good as he did. He sounded like a number one analyst. The, the energy, I mean, he is Grant Hill. He sounded like he was having fun. Um, you don't really feel that. Um, in, in some respects, it's it's good because he does, He you know, he's a good guy. He seems like at least Grant Hill. And he's not, like, trying to fight. Like, I need to get my two cents. And even on that final call, Raftery gets in there with his onions and the kiss uh, and you know, Grant Hill, you kind of heard a little bit, but he took a step back. And a lot of times in a three-man, and this is the issues with three-man boots, is that you know people are trying to to get their words in, and Hill doesn't do that, so that helps it. But uh, but Raptor is very dominant, so yeah, I I tend to agree. I think, and especially if they don't work a lot together. I mean, they're just picking it up at the Big Ten tournament, and they've done it a few years now. But it's hard when you don't have that chemistry uh, going in and out um, that you really need in a three-man, and is very difficult to pull. I, you know, I say this with the NFL, and the same holds true with college basketball. CBS is in very good hands, though, from a play-by-play standpoint. When you can trot out Nance, Ian, Harlan, Nestler, it's you know, it's a pretty strong roster for the tournament, at least. So, you know, analysts are always going to be the ones that get. I don't know. I feel like I don't know. Maybe fans give the play-by-play guys more shit because they're 
speaking the most, but it's the analysts who I think, for me, who um, annoy me more than play-by-play people. That's just a personal thing that I'm throwing out there. Um, yeah, I think it depends. I mean, look, I think, and I don't like to be this negative, I do think the first job of an announcer is not to annoy. Right? Like, I know right, that sounds very negative, but, like, That's you just true. don't want to. Yeah, it's like an umpire. You don't want the person to uh, annoy you and really kind of ruin the game for you. Um, and there are some who can do that. Um, Sunday especially night baseball. If yeah, you're not a huge fan of that crew. Uh, you know, Alex, I find hubris, but, yes, he can. He's about three innings of material um, each week. Um, and then, you know, that he's got saved up. Uh, not that spontaneous, uh, but um, the, but yeah. So I don't. That's the first thing is you don't want to annoy. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that comes down to style, and especially in basketball, it seems like I think when you think of the Vitals, the Rafteries, when you know Gus Johnson is a play-by-play guy, there are people who have some pretty strong personalities in there that mm. you can either love or hate depending on your point of view on these people. Walton, may, Bill Walton, Bill Walton's a big one. Sorry, I just wanted to mention him too. I don't know how anyone can not like Bill. I mean, well, if you are, here's the thing. So yes, I agree. Bill, he's very entertaining. But if you're a huge fan of a team and you're trying to watch a game, right. well, this, and yeah. he's, that's where I could see that I could see some people not enjoying that. He's very funny. He's obviously um, older now, so it's endearing. It's you know, it's it's a it's a good shtick. That said, if you're really into a game your team is playing and you just want to watch the game and just get a little analysis instead of like a sideshow. I could see somebody not liking that. I'm about to piss off all the people who tell me that I talk about New York stuff too much on the podcast, but the Walton <laughs> thing reminds me a lot of my heroes, Ma and Pa. Like you either get it or you don't, you either like entertainment and you like to be entertained and have characters or you're a deranged sports fan who thinks it's so important you need to know every single thing that's going on because, you know, you, you can't figure it out yourself. So the Walton thing to me is like John and Susan. Like, you got to just enjoy it and either you get it or you don't. I agree. And I like do people enjoy get it. mad that like John, you know, might get the like the, get the count wrong. OK, you'll survive. It's 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 well, a meaningless regular is, season baseball well, game. You know, you'll, you'll survive. I'll bring up a point that kind of got a little tagged on Twitter, like. The Adam Worsen call on Gonzaga, right? Some yep. people liked it, some people didn't. My point is, it was understandable. I could have done one yay, like whatever he said, one yes, or whatever, when he went crazy, and then lay out and let the play-by-play guy have his moment. Because the thing is, people are listening to that now on social media. You know what happened, you see the play. In theory, you're listening to that and you're not watching the game. It's on radio, it's audio. Maybe you're listening to it a, w- a different way. And so you do want to know. So. I do enjoy John and Susan. I covered the Yankees right. for a decade, so I got to know him a little bit better. And, you know, John is he's such a character. He's very endearing uh, when you're around him. Um, and so I can enjoy it because it's just hilarious, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but you, that said, but, if you're a diehard, there are diehard Yankee fans. I can understand yeah. their point. They want Get to know what's happening. Yeah. Get a life. It's not that important. <laughs> Um, oh, no, 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 and no, no, but let me just push no, back. No, you can't tell these people we do this for a living. You're going to tell these people to get a life. They want to hear what's going on in the Yankees. If your if 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 your if your life is affected by the fact that John says it's three and one instead of three and two on a no, July no, no, 18th game against by. the Royals, get a life. No, I, I I really do enjoy Sterling, so I don't want to sound like I'm not like I'm negative towards him. But I can understand you're in your car. It's high. It's far. It's popped up the short. That could be a little bit 
if you're a die you'll survive fan, your life will survive john messing you, up a I mean, you survive ball. any of this i mean yeah I right. I well like that's john the whole overall. point right that's i like point. john overall but i could see how someone wouldn't i mean i think it's very understandable i the thing about the morrison thing but and you know this though I, if that was another analyst i might agree with you there where you got to lay out on radio but because he was a gonzaga player i can't criticize the guy for losing his mind it was and here's yeah, the I thing about it i didn't criticize him either i said it was understandable yeah, yeah. Just for the and it was authentic that's what to me yep. that's what's most important it wasn't canned it wasn't planned it was very authentic so i thought the morrison thing was great knowing you know he was obviously a huge huge player um for gonzaga uh we mentioned nance You've been on this saying um, he has resigned with CBS, but he didn't get yep. the Tony Romo money he wanted. Do you have any insight into whether those negotiations were um, tense? Uh, are both sides happy? Is one side maybe not as happy? Where do we stand with all that? Yeah, from my understanding, and I kind of wrote it throughout, is that there was a big difference of opinion of Nance's worth in the wake of Tony Romo's contract, you know, Nance's side clearly thought when you look at Romo only working the NFL season, Jim Nance, we just mentioned for three decades has been the face of CBS. He does the NCAAs, he does the Super Bowl, And of course he's an all timer in golf. Uh, so, uh, you know, they looked at value in, in comparison. And I think at one point they felt like when they did Romo's contract, they should have done a contract with Jim, a similar contract. Um, so, um, I know, uh, you know, they, they've, uh, I've gotten some pushback and I know publicly they've said some things, uh, acting as if like everything was hunky dory. Okay. Um, that's, <laughs> I disagree. Um, you know, obviously they're adjectives and these are the people involved and they can say what, you know, what they want, um, publicly. Um, but they didn't go as smoothly, um, as maybe you'd think. Now, if you look at all my articles and, the, and especially the original article I wrote, uh, where I mentioned the Romo money. Um, I quoted Sandy Montag, Nance's agent, in there, um, where he said, you know, how much value he had, uh, Nance had to CBS. Um, and so, um, look, at the end of the day, and in, in that original article, I think everyone felt that Jim Nance would stay at CBS, which is what happened. Um, and it sounds like they said a long time. They didn't say how long. Um, there's, you know, the exact details of the deal hasn't, hasn't, um, been revealed um but uh it's in that range that the buck and Tarikos are in i've been told i mean if you're jim nance you really can't blame him for wanting you know to get into that level eh? the guy does do the masters the nfl and college basketball uh, you know a lot of times people want to you know, maybe call out someone who wants big money for being you know greedy or something like that i don't I, to me he's well within his rights there to try to, you know, a hundred percent. No, I would agree. I mean, first off, you're allowed to ask for whatever you want. I mean, you right. know, you can ask for whatever you right. want. And right. I mean, I think he did pretty well personally. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the, uh, you know, it's, it's, um, interesting because they did give Tony such a huge contract and, you know, Romo had such great leverage. It was right before the pandemic. Everything worked out for him. I go through a million things. We've done it on this podcast. I've written about it a number of times. So it worked out for him. Uh, you know, Jim Nance is going to do just fine, but I, it wasn't, I, there was a disagreement in terms of worth for a while. Now where they ended up getting to, I think that uh, Jim might be doing the masters um, as, um, you know, into eternity 
So that that's and that's you know ultimately I think is probably the most important thing to him. Um, and so uh, um, so yeah, so everyone I guess ends up happy. Um, and he's making plenty of money. It it is amazing in this world that we live in today where everything is about younger 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 youth 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 18 to 49 whatever the money demo is these days but when it comes to like the top play-by-play jobs in sports it does seem like i mean it seems like the youngest guy out there doing it is joe buck and he's 51 like you you know that you don't have 35 year olds getting top play-by-play jobs they get you know not the top play-by-play, but it is interesting where everything is so generated towards youth and it's still, you know, Al, Nance, Breen. I mean, Mike Emmerich just retired. Did yep. he retire last year? Yeah, um, after last season, yep. Yeah, it's an interesting, you know, dichotomy there. Well, these jobs are so good, right? I mean, <laughs> you know, you get these guys, think about it. Um, you're calling the biggest events. You're making millions of dollars. Um, now, I think people don't realize the skill level of anybody who makes the major leagues or major college sports in terms of doing these games. It's not like, it's not easy. Even talk shows, I think people underrate how hard it is to do a successful talk show. It's not as easy as people think. You know, oh, I could do that. Eh, I don't, people try, and you know, only some are really good and can really gain an audience. Um, so, um, yeah, but I think ultimately you look at those, like you look at Al Michaels, like why would he want to retire, right? He right. does, you know, he did less games this year, but let's just say he does 18 games a year, um, right. you know, and makes millions of dollars. And then you're off from, you know, depending on the year, but February to basically middle of August. Um, so that's a pretty good runway, uh, right. to, you know, to do both. So I, yeah, so I guess that's why. And, and they're able to hang on to it, and there's politics involved as well, so it's hard for people to, to break through and to have change. Um, and, and I think it's sometimes it's something that always has annoyed me, because it's for all of our careers, um, the idea that like certain people can only do the big games, because like it's like a chicken and egg thing, where mm-hmm. you associate that person with the big games, and so they can only do it. I think, to me, the people in charge need to be able to recognize who has the ability to, 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 to operate and broadcast at that level. And then, you know, when they want to, if they want to make a change, they can. And it doesn't, it takes executives with a little onions to borrow a raftery term who, right. who you know, who can, uh, who know what they're looking at and have confidence. And, uh, you know, a lot of them just rather just do the status quo and stay where it's at. And you also have the issue now, it, it, you know, how much, if at all, I mean, you can make the argument it should be zero, but maybe not, is, you know, now how much should executives be listening to Twitter and what social media response is? I mean, I will, they'll say no. I will never, ever believe that Twitter didn't have something to do with them booting Phil Sims at CBS. I think it played a factor. Now, the flip side of that is, I don't think you always should be paying attention. I mean, there, you know, like the Joe Buck, there are people who hate Joe Buck just because they yep. think that's the thing to do now. So it's a, that's a very dicey one there on like how much you, how much stock you should put into social media reaction of sports fans when it comes to announcers. Yeah, it definitely has an impact. Um, if I were running something, I would look at it, but it wouldn't be my barometer. I, I just think you have to, uh, look, I covered baseball for a long time. The Mets, the Yankees. You know, I saw Brian Cashman, how he operated. I saw Steve Phillips, how he operated as GMs. And I just don't think you just have to do what you think is right. Like Cashman's thing always was like, you know, like people would talk about they need to bring in somebody to make sure they have 
um, you know, full house. And it's like, well, if we win, we'll have a full house. Now, there was a time, and you're a Yankee fan, um, when we go 2000, what's the 13, 14, 15, I used to say that Cash's um, goal was to make the Yankees as boring as possible, like personality-wise, and he's succeeding. And he's succeeding. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. then they got Glaber and, you know, and Aaron Judge showed up, and now they're an exciting team. But, you know, he didn't want the off-the-field any kind of histrionics. Um, but yeah. the bottom line is, but the bottom line is, though, his core is correct, though, is you just have to do what's right by the team, and you can't worry about what the fans say. So I kind of think that applies to all business, is that if you know, if you feel like you're right, you need to stick with it, because we've seen things like, I mean, there's a million examples in a million different ways, from Conan O'Brien being terrible when he first started the Late Late Show, and whatever it's called, and then it was amazing, to... You know, the quarterbacks, you know, Peyton Manning didn't have a good rookie year. He's one, you know, maybe the best quarterback ever or one of. Um, and right. so, you know, there's a lot of examples of that. And I think if there was Twitter around at those times, uh, you know, maybe there'd be executives who pulled the plug a little bit earlier than they should have. And would have yeah. been wrong. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's switch gears to ESPN. They've had an interesting week. Um, and there's obviously there were two incidents, and I think they sort of tie in because you had. Herb Street blast Orlovsky for his reporting on Justin Fields. And then you had obviously Paul Pierce go on Instagram live with strippers and I don't want to use the word substances, but let's just say he was smoking something. Didn't look like a cigarette. Um, he gets fired and nothing happens to Herb Street. Now I'm not advocating for, I, I made the point today there are different rules for different people at ESPN. And I had a couple of dopes on Twitter push back, but it's just a fact. There are different rules. 100%. 100%. Yeah, I mean, that's a fact everywhere, though. I, thought, I don't think it's right. exclusive. If Paul Pierce ESPN. was great at his job, he'd still have it. They would have suspended him instead of yep. fired him. Yep. Yeah, if he was Charles Barkley on the air, he'd still have his job. Um, yeah, that's true. I mean, you can go back to when now there's a different regime. Jimmy Bataro wasn't the president then. It was John Skipper, but... You remember the whole um, um, thing with the headline with Jeremy Lin? Um, you know, they got they fired like a $28,000 a year copy editor was working at 2 in the morning. Um, right. You know, if Bill Simmons did that back then, I doubt he would have right. been fired, right? Well, like, you, know, you know, no chance, right? So it's like, well, I just the, don't, I hate, I hate that they do stuff like that. And that seemed worse to me than what you're getting at here. But um, uh, the bottom line is, yeah, everyone, they're going to treat people differently depending on their value to the company. And Paul Pierce was going on, the, he was on the way down as it was. Right. Well, that's the thing. So what I, I wrote today, um, cause it just went up right before we started. So you probably didn't see it. Is, I actually did. You know, I, Jimmy, the okay. second it goes up, I read it. Yeah, Jimmy, so like it's, like, Tony, it's, it's not even like, on the site before it's on the site. I read it. I love that. So like Tony Kornheiser criticized Hannah Storm's wardrobe and he got suspended because he's yeah. Tony Kornheiser. And the one that I forgot about which I would have written about, but it totally was out of my head. And then someone on Twitter reminded me was Rosillo got, had a incident with the law where he broke into someone's house while he was drunk. They suspended him. Yeah. So well, sorry, I don't also Jimmy. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. So my point about Paul Pierce is, do I think Paul Pierce was a great NBA analyst? No. Do I think people were watching anything for Paul Pierce? No, I don't think he had a big following, but it does seem a little unfair and a little harsh to fire the guy. I, yeah, I well, just, I, for me personally, I want firing to be like a last resort thing in this day and age. But, you know, ESPN well, has their reasons, I guess. Yeah, well, two things. Number one, I think there's a couple of things. I read your column just so I can see whether you're wrong, so I'm ready right. for this. Uh, that's yep. number one. So, 
Number was I wrong or right is, then today? Uh, largely wrong. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so um, different regime. So that's a skipper regime. Now there's Pitaro. So, like, to, to say one was, you know, yes, a DSPN, but, you know, different philosophies in terms of firing and suspension. Um, I think when you look at it overall, I mean, a couple weeks ago, Paul Pierce was on the air and he had the wrong team winning a game. I mean, that's, I mean, that, there's, there's, there's mistakes and there's mistakes. That's not, I mean, Stephen A has done that about 50 times. If you want to talk about incidents like that, where he, uh, Stephen A has done, he's gotten, I mean, it's not good. I'm he, not he talked him. about a chief's t- uh, was it yes. the charge? A, ra- a random, you know, that's bad, but also again, I'm not the, really defending it. It's kind of stupid because we looked at everyone as experts. I look at a morals performers personally, but Stephen A was talking. He he did. He he screwed up. I mean, it's not defendable. Defendable, but but it's not. He Paul Pierce is is going to be in the Hall of Fame. He's an NBA analyst. They're about talking about a game. I I really do think it's worse. Um, I mean, Stephen A was bad too, and it's funny. It's just going to be such hard opinion. Well, I don't I don't want to get into like what's worse. I'm just saying they are similar things. Where you go on the air and you have something completely wrong. Yes, but of course, but then you add that with this incident, right? Mm-hmm. And then, and this is the thing from covering like teams, right? Covering being a baseball beat writer. I, they might know, they probably, again, I don't know this. I'm not, I, I don't know for sure. They probably know more than we did, right? This might not be it. This is what we know. And there's like a trend that you watch, um, which isn't good. And they'd already cut down his time a little. Now, he still was on the main show, still on Countdown, but they'd already cut down his time. He hadn't made an impact. So, I would tend to think they know more. And also, I, and, I, and I was told this, and I, and I think it makes sense. I mean, he puts it out there. You know, it's like TMZ or somebody just oh, I'm got not defending this video. That. It's like, okay, but you, he thinks this is, that, that was okay. And I, I mean, look, I can see your point, and I do, I agree with you. If it was someone who was more valuable at this point to the company, that's they my, would yeah, keep them. That- but that's not how it works, though. I mean, I, I guess. Right, I mean, of course. Well, that's I, I, we're in agreement. You said I yeah. was mostly wrong, but we're in agreement. I, All right, fine. I just think they should have suspended him. There's what? April, May, June. Three months left in the season. Let him finish it out. Fire him in the offseason if you've got to. There's no rush to fire him three months before the season. Suspend him for a month or whatever it is. Because it looks, again... You're firing him, you're firing him because he embarrassed the company, did something wrong... And because he's not valuable to you. And that last part is what's most important. Yeah, but that's how it works. I mean, I don't know. Right. So, you know but we agree. It, you said I was wrong, but we agree. What the hell is that about? Uh, well, I read your column. I, don't know, I could go point by point. You could call it up. Um, I could do one of those. Was that fire Joe Morgan? The guy used to do Yeah, it. you don't have to um, do that. That's boring. <laughs> okay. But the, all right, with the... Uh, um, I go point. Oh, so good. We agree. I, I was. I, I apologize. If ESPN would have suspended him for two weeks, would you have had an issue with that? No, I mean, I didn't really right. like. Um, I did text with somebody very, um, you know, on Saturday. Um, I was out. I got a text of this Instagram, and I said, "Yeah, he's going." I said to the person in the text, "He's going to be gone soon." I, I didn't know. Monday, or I would, have, I would have looked into it a little bit deeper. I, I guess what could, I don't like is but, I don't like ESPN using the fact that he posted it. As the reason they, I don't think so. No, I think the overall reason. Let me just make that clear. The overall reason was what was shown. You know, they didn't like in the video. Now, if I do think it would have been different, though, perhaps not definitely, but perhaps if he was like taken advantage of, like he did these things, right? But it was private. He didn't know. Instead, he said. I'm well, that's a whole, yeah, that's a whole different, that's changing the entire thing. My only yeah. point is, well, if Scott Van Pelt or Stephen A. Smith posted that video of themselves, they would not get fired. 
No, probably not. That's all I'm saying. That's look, all I'm who saying. Knows, I don't know what's going on in Paul Pierce's life, but right, like, well, you know what I mean? Like there's, right. you know, it's, I, you know, I, I don't, I'm not like, I don't want to cast too much aspersions or anything. I don't know exactly what's going on. That showed poor judgment, you know, at, at that point. Well, that's right. Right. I don't, as I said to someone, I don't understand if you're in a room with a bunch of strippers and you're playing poker, how Instagram comes into your mind. That's what I don't understand, but whatever. Um, you, from based on your tweets, I got the impression you thought Herb Street was totally out of line in blasting Orlovsky. Now, what I find interesting about that is ESPN went into like complete hibernation on that whole story because I emailed them for a comment, nothing. I reached out to Herb Street, nothing. They, I guess they were, they wanted that one shut down pretty fast. Yeah, I mean, look, it's kind of like their MO these days is to decline comment on everything, um, you know, which... I don't think it's a good strategy personally. I think you want to explain yourself because it just makes it clear you're a public company. Like you can't want to be ESPN, even though they don't call themselves the worldwide leader anymore. Right. Everyone still refers to them as that. They are the biggest sports media company going anywhere, no matter how many people want to say they're diminished. And, you know, in some respects they are with the layoffs and et cetera, but they're still ESPN. So if you want to be ESPN, you got to take it. So you're, you're like the Yankees of sports media. Right. Uh, and so to me, it's always better to explain yourself. I'll go back to the Cashman. Like Cashman, he's very good. Just, it's just going out and explaining it and being honest um, about situations. I think when you aren't that way, um, you can't really complain about the narrative. If you don't want to have any on the record, um, you know, part of shaping the story, don't come to me with complaints you know, about it personally. Um, yeah. So I thought Herb Street's wrong because here's Dan Orlovsky. We could go into, if you want, debating what he said and how he said it and was it wrong and wasn't right. I'm not a fan of anonymous sources uh, taking down someone's character. Um, I don't think I've ever done that in my career. Um, I saw it a lot in baseball uh, when, you know, people would do that. Anonymous source that this guy is, you know, something terrible about somebody. It's like, put your name to it. So, I just want to. I want to yeah. just interrupt you. Have you heard? Because you have the sources. You hear? Have you heard that? Like, did Orlovsky get a talking to about doing that? Do yeah, you Barry know? Jackson first said that from the Miami Herald that they both they were spoken to. Um, oh, I, so, I thought they were spoken to just about having like a Twitter tiff. I didn't know if Orlovsky's um, reporting yeah, methods. I think, they, I think. Look, I think I, I don't know this one hundred percent, but I, I think there was a message that you have to be a little more careful with information. Okay. You have a voice. Uh, I right. think that's an obvious thing, like where, you know, I, look, this is how things we're kind of talked about social media. Somebody like tweeted that out. Right. And the way it was phrased, I think kind of set the snowball of like um, of how people looked at Dan Orlovsky's comments. I think right. you can listen to them and have a more charitable opinion of how he presented it. Maybe not perfect. He is ad living. But but my point would be, again, maybe I'm old school or something. I don't know if I work at the same company, I'm on the same team as somebody else. And so I don't need to throw gas on the fire that was actually almost at its embers and was burning out and was over. And then he's like, well, Kirk Gertrude's like, I, yeah, I disagree. On, I disagree there. I, well, well, the two things, one total aside, what makes this really juicy for horrible people like me, maybe you, 
is that I love that this happened on the Pat McAfee show when two weeks ago, Pat McAfee ripped ESPN for not letting their people go on his show. Like that's such a great layer. to. The, I'm sure ESPN's PR people are thrilled with that, but I love that layer of this that story just layer. to throw that's that out layer. there. And then here's my, and see the two there. So the Olasky, Herb Street and Pierce thing, what I find similar about them, and, and this may not be the case as much for the Pierce thing, when you are in a when you are in something that is strictly a Twitter thing, which these two incidents were, if you just step back from Twitter for twenty four hours, maybe forty eight hours, it goes away because there are other people doing stupid shit that people are then involved in, and you are forgotten and done with and over with. It's happened a million times. Yep. Now the Pierce thing's a little different because there's a video there of him. I mean, whatever. But Orlovsky, who likes to tweet a lot and seems to be on Twitter a lot. If he yep. would have just stepped back for 24 to 48 hours, it would have been over and done with. But then he's making, he's sending out all these tweets trying to defend himself. Then he's making a video, yep. and which is what Herb Street reacted to. If Orlovsky would have just let it just sit there for a day, it would have been over and done with. But then he goes and tries to do a, a, an apology justification video. And that's what Herb Street said. This is absurd. This is ridiculous. Blah, blah, blah. So that's my only pushback on that on you. I think that's tr- what your points are well taken. I think when you're in the middle of the hurricane, right. um, it's hard to step back, especially, yeah, especially like kind of race was involved where, you know, people are kind of, you know, kind of acting as if Dan's racist in this, in his comments. Um, I think it's hard to not want to say, no, 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 listen, let me explain it more without a, but opinion. people don't want to like, listen. People aren't going to, you could, you right. could you're lay not, it all out. You're right. But Jimmy, you, yeah. you're ever in that hurricane. I agree with you. When you're not in the hurricane, you can sit back and say, what you're saying, I think you're 100% right. When you're actually in the hurricane, though, I think it's hard just to sit back. And I guess my problem with Herb Street would be, I mean, you know, he also looks, to me, it doesn't, I get it, like, you know, and I think he's been pretty good about it with Ohio State stuff, but, you know, he is an Ohio State guy. I don't well, know that, if that looked really great either. It's like, that's I just don't think, I just don't yeah. think, it's, I think it's unneeded. Like, I don't know why he had to, he felt the need to do that. Um, I think that's where his Ohio State fandom, well, not I, yeah, fandom, I, don't, I, don't I mean, know. he went there, loyalty yeah, came in. I haven't talked yeah. to him, so I don't know what his, like, thinking was. I just don't, I didn't find it. Like right, if you're on the same team, that's my my point is you're supposed to be on the same team, and I get all these guys. You're surprised fair. are threatened by this guy and that guy. I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but like, um, not that he's really a threat, even though he's up and coming, Dan Orlovsky. But you know, a lot of guys want to you know take you know uh, take a little shot if they can, uh, whenever they feel a threat. Um, so I'm not saying that I don't know that. That's why he did that. But I just felt like I just think it's uncalled for. Like if you're on the same team, like, what do you fair. do? That's yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I that's fair. I have no issue with that statement at all. I just think Orlovsky is too wrapped up in Twitter and he has like if someone thinks if someone thinks Dan Orlovsky is a racist because of what he said about Justin Fields on the Pat McAfee show, no video he makes on Twitter is going to change that person's mind. So, you're just extending the shelf life of the controversy. You're right. You're you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know um you're you're right like that's 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 dead on so there you go that's a, but yeah Herb street one. i mean you listen again me i love seeing someone on espn blast someone on espn it's one yeah, but i like it too i don't i can't say i don't you know but that one was harsh i, I will say that was harsh
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Um, Speaking of people who will just say anything at any time, Let's start with this. Do you think Charles Barkley will be back covering the NCAA tournament next year after he went on TV and said the NCAA was all sorts of things? Yeah. I mean, somebody else, I mean, they're not taking control. I mean, it would be a mistake. Talk about you want to extend a story and make it bigger. You take Charles Barkley off with, you know, the megaphone he has to be on any show, anywhere, anytime. Um, yeah, that'd be a mistake. So I would think he would be. I mean, look, Barkley's entertaining. Um, in my opinion, the reason he's where he is is because he'll say what he thinks. Um, you know, is he really? Uh, you know, I think he does watch a little more college than he than he previously did when he first started doing this, and knows a little bit more. But you know, he doesn't really know anything about college hoops, like in terms of uh, in depth knowledge of all these teams. I mean, he yeah. probably doesn't even know the NBA at this point in terms of in-depth knowledge. But he has like that um, Al McGuire ability just to sort of show up at a gym, watch a game and have insightful things and fun things to say without having to um, without, you know, having to study every little thing. And 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 he's, you know, like we talked about A-Rod earlier, where like I think you talk about like, you know, the two spectrums of it. Barkley can just talk off the cuff and is so calm and relaxed in doing so and, and mm. confident in himself to do that. This is really, really inside, and I don't know how many people that are going to care about this or even grasp it, but it, what I find interesting about him doing the tournament is, you know, half the tournament is on CBS and half is on TBS and yep. TNT. And the Turner part of it, 
they know Charles, they're used to Charles, and we know that when Charles is on inside the NBA on TNT, he often will not talk about sports and will yeah. get into politics. No, my what I believe from my observations is that out of all the networks, CBS, NBC, ESPN, even ESPN, the one that doesn't want to go even near any of that stuff is CBS. And then he goes on, you know, during the tournament and says, you know, we're divided because politicians want to divide and conquer us. He thinks most black people are good. Most white people are good. And it's the politicians that have caused this whole ruckus. And I imagine like the TNT people are just so used to that. And the CBS people are basically having a stroke when he says that. I mean, yeah, because, I mean, it is, I mean, he's making that statement on a, you know, pregame show for the NCAA. Men's yes. Tournament. Yeah. I mean, fuck, he's Sean yeah. Barkley. He can do that. Right. Um, most guys don't. Most people have to toe the line. Um, and CBS is conservative. But most of the networks aren't going to really go at their, you know, the leagues they cover, right. et cetera. Um, so, uh, but, yeah, I'm sure they don't love it. Like the whole Baylor situation, they never mentioned what happened before, right? Mm, like, you know, Jim Nance right. was talking about redemption at the end. And it's like, from what? They never mentioned, you know, the murders right. and rape and, you know, what happened earlier, which I don't look. I thought I, just to be clear on that, I tweeted about it's like it's not that they just didn't have to. If, if they hadn't mentioned it, it's been 20 years. I mean, I think, right. again, I don't know if that's that's probably journalistically, obviously, that's the wrong thing. But um, you could have gone with a different angle. But when you choose to go with that angle and then it seems like a pretty conscious choice not to mention what happened with Baylor? I don't know how you can go with the redemption as a storyline. Right. Although I do think every network would have made that decision probably, but I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. I, maybe ESPN would have went there. I'm not, you know. Well, it's not that going there. You don't have to go there, but then you can't make it the story at the end. Right. That's my point. No, you can't right. just decide, right. all right, well, that's the story. Okay, wait. This big story that's now the number one story in terms of your headline <laughs> isn't, wasn't discussed at all. I mean, just the two don't meet, in my opinion. Yeah. It does seem like, and then, you know, obviously we had the whole situation with the MLB pulling out of, um, pulling the All-Star game. It does seem like that whole, like, um, you know, the people who don't want sports people to talk about anything but sports, it seems like that's all out the window. Now everyone, no one, now, you know, it's a free-for-all, basically. Talk about whatever you want. I mean, it's hard to do that story and not get into politics, so... It does seem like everyone's voicing their opinion. I feel like people are voicing their opinion on politics even more now than during the election and before that. I feel like the cat is out of the barn. Yeah, I mean, on one hand, you have people saying, Pro I'm going to protest MLB, and then it's like, oh, look, there's 40,000 people in the Ranger State. Yeah, I always think great. that's like, slightly whoa, whoa. overrated, all that stuff. I mean, I just think yeah. people who actually like these things aren't really protesting it, right? You know what I mean? I think the people no one's who, yeah. you know, who are on the fence who may not watch already who are kind of like they might say oh i'm going to protest but um i i don't know I, and i do think these it's, it's a difficult topic for these sports for all companies and these sports leagues and how to handle these situations because um ultimately they're businesses who want to sell things um and so regardless if you're right or wrong you're pissing off people um who potentially could buy things um and and i do think you really have to understand the laws very well in terms of what you're talking about and then be able to look at New York or Colorado and, and be able to really defend yourself, you know, when people bring up other things and now people bring up China and, you know, baseball, you know, everyone, you know, working with China. And so 
I, I don't know. It's, yes. it's like kind of a, it's, it's a difficult uh, place to navigate. I mean, ultimately, I always go, you have to do what's, what's right in your heart. I feel like that gets you to the best place, you know, so, um, and I, even if there's some pain to, to where you're going, I just think that's the best place to go personally, but I don't run businesses. <laughs> They're a little more right. callous in general. It was just funny. I mean, and you know, boycott Coke and like Coke is a huge MLB sponsor. That whole thing is like, like Coke is going to go out of business or something. Um, do you know why I read, I think I read it yesterday. I guess they're not doing opening week doubleheader on ESPN for NFL going forward. What What's the logic there? I love that doubleheader. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you don't get, you only get a certain amount of games. So, they are going to do a Saturday, and this is going to be a part of the new deal, but they're getting a year early. The new deal is going to affect the following season, or the two years from then. Uh, yeah, two years from then. Um, but the new deal, they're going to get ABC slash ESPN is going to have that doubleheader on Saturday, last weekend of the season. So, right. and that gets their game tonnage up. Um, so it's a replacement. Why, yeah, again, I think for this year, I could be wrong. I think I believe that when they go back to the regular deals, that they'll, that doubleheader will be restored. But there must be there. Mo- I would guess there's a game limit that they're you know these are the amount of games ESPN gets. You know we per- they probably were, we prefer the Saturday doubleheader. They gave them that doubleheader in you know late December or early January I think it is um, yeah. instead of the first weekend of the season. And, you know, these, it's not like, oh, just give them another game. I mean, these games are so valuable to the, you know, you're taking a game from CBS or Fox or whatever, however that game gets there. Um, so it's not like just an easy, like, ah, eh, just give them, a double, give them both. It just doesn't work like that. So no. uh, I believe that's why you have the one and not the other. Last thing, because I just saw it and then we'll wrap. I wasn't going to, I just saw it's, I guess today is the anniversary <laughs> of Jim Rome calling Jim Everett, Chris Everett. I mean, you. I'm obsessed with this, if this happened today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If this happened today, I'm obsessed with it. Um, I mean, he, if that happens to, if he, you have a broadcaster call a male athlete by a woman's name today, you're done. Yeah. Rome would be done. When he was just calling, he wouldn't, you just don't, you just don't do that. Uh, anymore. It seemed wrong then. Um, you know, the interesting thing about Jim Rome, and a lot of people listening to this around the country know this. I mean, he's the he's bigger than Mike and Chris, I would say. Um, you know, if you look at radio, I know in New York, everyone's like Mike and Chris, um, and they're icons, you know, as a team in local radio. But Jim Rome, I mean, he was, again, I haven't listened to Rome in a long time. When I worked down in near Houston, I listened to him a lot. Um, and he was getting back then. He get like twenty. You're saying big, big, biggest sports radio. I say the biggest host sports personality radio of all time. I would of say all time. So yes, I would say bigger yes. than Dan Patrick. Yes. Okay. Dan's more of a. I mean, he's had a very good career as a talk show host, but I mean, Rome has done it since his twenties. Um, and I mean that show. You look at him. I mean, he was in his twenties. But yes, he would have been done. He also used to say stuff about WNBA players that weren't that, isn't, that wouldn't fly. Um, and I don't know if he's ever kind of done an apology tour on that one. I know I know I read that he and Everett have never spoken since then. Um, but yeah, that wouldn't go over well. Um, and 
you know, you talk, I did, I did, that did hurt his career. I mean, I, I don't think, you know, it's not like that. It sounds like that elevated him. It made him more famous, maybe, but I think that ESPN2 show went down pretty quick after that, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and so it wasn't like it helped his career. And then he built himself back up on radio, got a show on Fox Sports with Wally Matthews, and it became his own show. Um, but, uh, um, and then, you know, he went back to ESPN and now CBS. Uh, he's had an incredible career. He's made a lot of money. I think he owns his uh, show more than the others did. Um, so he's had an incredible career. But uh, but yeah, I, that that you're right. I, I do I do um, I I am interested. If this happened today, what would social media be like? What would this? What would be the reaction? How would right. this gone over? And yeah, it changes everything. I'm just thinking about. It. I mean, that's like one of the biggest you know incidents ever and that was without the internet like uh you know what i mean like yeah, that was crazy. before clips spread you know so that shows you how big it is well, that he was um, trending like on twitter now 27 years i mean it's not right. even like 30 That's, it's like 20 you know it's like a weird anniversary yeah. 27 we like yeah. the round numbers of the fives and like 27 yeah. years and it's like a big deal on twitter um i think i find it interesting he's never if you were me i would have reached out to jim Everett. That's me i would have reached out and said hey let's do this you know like, maybe, I wanna, yeah but maybe Maybe Jim Everett was like, you know, don't ever. Yeah, I guess he did, but again, I, I saw Everett say it that he's never, they've never talked. It seemed oh, like okay. he might have been more uh, open to it. Um, yeah. I mean, he doesn't owe him anything, and yeah, and it's totally. I mean, then I mean, I, look, a lot of these things that are not okay. I don't know. I think Jimmy, you're probably like, I. They never seemed okay, right? Like you heard him calling him Chris Everett. Like, how is that? I mean, that, I, there wasn't a part of me like, that sounds right. That seems like a, yeah. like you should be saying that. I mean, it was sexist then, it's sexist now. I mean, of course, now there's just more of a focus on it and uh, less tolerance. But the, I mean, that's, I mean, it's a stupid way that a lot of men, you know, argue with each other is, you know, it not, is. not now, back it then. Is, I'm saying no wrong. one even thought twice. Yeah. Of, right. I'm, yeah, I know you're not defending. I agree. No, I know you're saying it's a different time. Yeah, I agree. Like, I mean, I don't want to right. really get into this, but yeah, I think when you look at history and then you try to like say, well, if it was today, well, that's not, I mean, it's a different world. Right. So like, right. you look you at things. do it today. Exactly. If you look right. at things from, you know, a hundred years ago, it's, yes, we've, we've evolved right. and we're in a better, smarter place, but you know, there, there might be things now that are going on that people are against that in a hundred years, it might be like, well, how could you have thought that? How could you have uh, right. said that? And I think people now would be like, oh, no, that's how it was now. So I, I don't know. I, I think the Internet and social media, and you made this point very well during the Olofsky discussion, like nuance just gets totally lost, right? Like it's no nothing. Context. It's right. like no con. Right. Even if you say it and then like you try to defend yourself against it i mean i've learned not you know whatever someone takes something the wrong way like right. you know I'll, I'll if i need to clarify something if i don't if i look back at what i said and i didn't say it clear enough yeah sure i'll go back but like you know not everyone's just going to understand what you're saying and you can kind of tell by the reaction if most people did or, or didn't and i can't really focus on the people who just you know lack reading comprehension right i wish you were a wrestling fan because i would i would love to discuss the fact that Peacock now is editing like 87 billion minutes of WWE footage to take out yeah, the offensive weird, I mean, things look, they've done in the past. Because like that the, is a fascinating story to me. But how do you, yeah, I don't really see what how you do that, right? Like, I mean, because first off. Well, there, there are, listen, if you're a wrestling fan, yep. you can name 10 to 20 things right off the top of your head. Oh, I can't. I was a wrestling fan as a kid. 
I mean, right. slick. I mean, I mean they had slick. Roddy Piper wrestle a match in, in blackface. Yeah. Slick. You don't slick? need to be a rocket scientist to realize. What was that? Slick. Remember the, the, the uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a, every, yeah. I mean, it was based all on stereotypes, the whole thing. Right. Right. But again, I don't know. Like, so Roddy Piper wrestled a match in blackface. It happened. It's a famous thing. So now Peacock takes it out. But like, what do you think? It's not on YouTube. Do you think yeah. no one knows about it? Do you think you've erased it? I mean, you know, I mean, listen, I don't you don't want to promote that. You don't want maybe people seeing it now because it's offensive. But I don't know. It's not like it goes away. I mean, people know yeah, about it. It's I, there. Well, yeah, it's a difficult. Like, I don't know how many things they've uh, got rid of. Um, yeah, I don't Yeah, And like, I think you could. There's just look the whole. I know you like it a lot. I mean, the whole thing is based off of like, you know, basically, I mean, there's misogyny, there's sex. There's a lot of stuff. Well, not going now. On. Yeah. Not, not now. now. Not now. Okay. Yeah. 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 But for yeah, a long yeah, yeah. time. No. Right. Well, and then when they became a publicly traded company, then they got rid of all that. Oh, stuff. they did. Okay. That's basically what happened. Yeah. Okay. And they had to appeal, you know, now they're on Fox that, you know, they don't, they can't, you know, do what they used to do. And those days are. Over. Yeah. So the, wait, the, all those storylines are gone though. Like the, or they just got rid of uh, certain. Like I don't know. I just look back. Oh, there's to the nothing 80s, at nineties or maybe eighties, I'd say, and that stuff was all stereotypes and sexism, no. misogyny. All gone. Yeah. Okay. All gone. Gotcha. All gone. All gone. Yeah. Gotcha. Um. Yeah, I was going to say something, but not. Um. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, it's been a busy time here in sports media. Yeah, you got anything is. coming? You got anything? You got uh, anything cooking? You always have like a story that you. <laughs> yeah, I got a couple of things cooking, but um, we'll see. Yeah. We'll Where's see Mike happens. Francesa? Yeah, What's you're thinking. Yeah, you, you always like a little at the end, just a little. What's like, he doing? What's he doing? Uh, What's yeah, he doing? I don't know. He's doing much. He was out with Chris. You liked it the other day. I don't know. I I usually like nostalgia. The two of them, you know, whatever people does think. Does the like fan? Yeah. Does the fan feel like they've stabilized things? I think they do. Um, do you listen to the shows? I listen to Boomer and Geo a little bit on Thursdays and Fridays when Howard Stern is off and okay. not live. Little bit of Moose and Maggie here and there in the afternoon. Okay. And if Salakat is on, I listen to him. And other than that, gotcha. No. Yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah, I do think they feel like they they definitely feel like they stabilized. I mean, they're doing well in the morning. Uh, Cardin and Roberts. I think they're going to win this book. I think that's pretty clear. Um, you know, uh, and you know, ESPN even changed their line. You know, their lineup already um, a little bit. So uh, they feel stabilized. It's it's a different look. It's a, it's it's different. They do talk sports. The people say they don't talk sports. That's not correct. But it's a different way of talking sports. They're not really breaking it down uh, like Mike and Chris did and like shows did in the past. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's different. Um, it's okay. Yeah. All right. Glowing review. Appreciate it. And uh, I'm sure we'll have you on soon. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. And uh, let's all just remember if you have a Twitter incident, just, Chill out for 24 hours. There you go. Be fine. Okay. A little advice. That's the, that's the big you, lesson. You get a little, yeah. little Jimmy Trainer advice at the end of every yeah. show. I the like big it. lesson today. The big lesson. All right. All right. Thanks, Andrew. And uh, you guys can catch Andrew, of course, New York Post. 
covering sports media. Thanks. Thanks, Jimmy. All right, that wraps it up for this episode of the SI Media Podcast. My thanks to Andrew Marshan of the New York Post. If you're a wrestling fan, make sure you check out last week's pod if you missed it. If you let that slip through the cracks, we had WWE superstar Edge, who's in the main event at WrestleMania this weekend, on the pod. Two weeks ago, Scott Van Pelt from ESPN in a very, very good uh, episode of the SI Media Podcast. So check those out if you missed them recently. And subscribe to the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast with Jimmy Tran. All right, that wraps it up. We'll see you next week. Stay safe and take care. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.